0: Well, hello, listeners to the YouTube Power Hour podcast. I'm Erica, your host, and I'm so excited for this episode. I adore this week's guest. But first, if you're new, welcome. If you are a blogger, business owner, creative, and you have a YouTube channel or you think you want to start one, then you are in the right place. And for my returning listeners, welcome back. For each episode of the podcast in this season, I am featuring a creator from my YouTube bootcamp to share a little bit about their experiences in light of the upcoming bootcamp enrollment. So if you're thinking about joining the bootcamp and you're looking to improve your YouTube channel or get started on your YouTube channel, then definitely consider the Zero to Influence YouTube bootcamp. Here we got Jacqueline sharing a little bit about her experience.
1: Hi, I'm Jacqueline Yumoff, and my YouTube channel is Action Jacqueline and joining Erica's Bootcamp was the best decision I could have done for my YouTube channel and for my business. I grew from 7,000 subscribers to 20,000 subscribers. And since the bootcamp, I've grown another 5,000 subscribers in a really short amount of time. And it's because I learned the strategies, techniques, and algorithm of YouTube. And Erica really knows how to direct you and guide you into honing your vision, understanding what it is you're doing on YouTube, where your strengths are, and how I can best serve my audience. I was completely lost before joining the bootcamp. I felt like I was shooting darts in the dark, not knowing what I was doing, but now I understand YouTube, I feel supported, I feel guided. The bootcamp was amazing. It was a good community. There was speakers, people who really know what they were doing and sharing their knowledge with us. And I learned so, so much. It was incredible. Erica has done an amazing job. She pours her heart and soul into it. So I highly recommend doing the bootcamp for anyone who is looking to grow their YouTube, looking to share their vision and their mission on YouTube and share it with the world. Thank you so much, Erica.
0: You for that Jacqueline and now for this week's guest Erica Louie she is just a ball of sunshine I was not too familiar with her before I interviewed her for the podcast my sense is like you have got to interview this girl she has an amazing channel and then I'm like sure and when she reached out it turned out Erica was a big fan of the podcast as well and when I look at her channel I was like blown away. I was like, oh my God, this girl gives so much value in her videos that I am not surprised she blew up the way that she did.
1: Without hesitation, I signed up for Erica's boot camp this year and it just wrapped up recently and it seriously changed my life. Because of this boot camp, I was able to capitalize on a current trend and gain over ten thousand views on one of my videos. Before this boot camp, I was lucky if I could get a hundred views. Boot camp is for you if you like I was, are putting a lot of time and effort into your channel without seeing tangible results. I even hit my goal of 5,000 subscribers during the bootcamp, growing almost 2,000 subscribers in just 90 days. You know, during the bootcamp, I had some breakthroughs and gained, I don't know how many subscribers in one month, I think 10,000 from the bootcamp. During the time of the bootcamp, one of my videos even hit 70,000 views and I surpassed 1,000 subscribers. I have. The cat sat on the created relationships where I will be friends with people for life. My channel is at 18,400 subscribers now. I have increased my watch time by about 30 or 40 seconds, which is awesome. I feel kind of like an SEO genius now and I feel like my videos have a better quality to them overall. I feel like taking this boot camp helped me to really niche down and find that one area that I was super passionate about making videos about. I started this boot camp with only 9,000 And 138 subscribers now I have 11,375 subscribers and it's just growing each and every day thanks to Erica even after the first week I knew that the bootcamp was one of the do you know what the best decision i had ever made for myself let alone just my YouTube channel
0: do you work really hard on your YouTube channel listen to all the marketing experts and do all the hacks tricks and strategies but are just not seeing the results that you want or are you lost as to where to start? Does the platform seem overwhelming with a lot to learn and are you yearning for a community of people who understand your vision of being a YouTube influencer? Hi, I'm Erica Vieira, and if you answered yes to any of those questions, I want you to seriously consider the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp. You will be joining the hundreds of bootcampers who have discovered their unique niche and have clarity with their purpose on YouTube. This isn't just another course about YouTube. This is an experience and an opportunity for you to really discover your unique purpose and niche on YouTube, which will translate into views, subscribers, and most importantly, influence and impact. Let me change your life, or at least let me change your YouTube channel for the better. Go to ericaviranet forward slash bootcamp to add your name to the waitlist so you are first to be notified when I open enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Ericavira.net slash bootcamp. So before we dive deep into her interview, let me tell you a little bit about her. Erica Louie is a fashion, beauty, and lifestyle YouTuber and blogger. After starting her YouTube channel in college in 2011 and pursuing a corporate career for over six years, she quit her day job and pursued YouTube full-time. She currently lives in the Bay Area and spends her time creating lookbooks, calls, reviews, and bullet journaling videos. And our channel has 350,000 subscribers and 19 million video views. So it was such a pleasure getting to know Erica. We really hit it off. I mean, we've got the same name, so there's that. I just love her and I'm so glad to have been able to get to know her through this interview. And I know you guys are really gonna love her and all the things that she has to share about when it comes to having a YouTube channel, especially having a fashion YouTube channel and really giving a lot of value to your audience and understanding what your audience wants and what your audience needs And she seems to have really figured that out for her particular niche and audience. So without further ado, here's the interview. Well, hello, Erica. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Hi, Erica. Nice (laughs) to meet you. (laughs) Yes,
0: nice to have you. I love that you're a longtime listener of the podcast. I love that your name is Erica. You're the first Erica other than me to be on this podcast. So welcome. (laughs) Welcome.
2: Erica to Erica. It's my honor to be here, girl.
0: Yes. So before we get into everything, why don't we first start with letting our listeners know why YouTube? What inspired you to upload that first YouTube video?
2: Yes. So quick backstory. I was a super creative kid growing up. I was always obsessed with makeup and clothes. And I would even make my own little Vogue magazines. And I just always hoped one day that Fashion and beauty would somehow cross with my career path. So fast forward, as an adult, I'm in college. It's 2011, and I'm a senior, majoring in accounting, uh, fulfilling my parents' dream of becoming a CPA one day. And honestly, like during college, I was just—I was not the best student. I focused way more on like other social activities. (laughs) And I was honestly dealing with a very bad breakup. I had a, a terrible breakup with one of my boyfriends in college. And I was just very lost trying to find my passion. I was doing a major that I wasn't, you know, feeling too great about or enthusiastic about and dealing with all these, you know, emotions. So my best friend in college and my roommate at the time was really into the YouTube community. It was really thriving at this point, And she almost used YouTube as like her main media consumption. So she had this come to Jesus moment with me and said, Hey, there's this thing called YouTube. I think you'd be so great at it. You shop all the time. You have so many, you know, good opinions. Uh, maybe you should try this out as like a creative, productive outlet. So once I delved into the world of YouTube, I became completely obsessed. It felt so great to see other women just speaking their honest opinions and their passions about life. And I was like, girl, I can do this. So I literally, Erica, I stacked my accounting and business books and created like a faux tripod. Mm -hmm. I put my MacBook Pro, I think it was the white plastic one, (laughs) on top of the books and i just started shooting videos from my own dorm room seeing those first videos like are so cringeworthy but they almost bring tears to my eyes because they were just so authentic and genuine and i wanted just a release from you know my day-to-day life and i just felt such a warm community and and I f- it tapped into that creative outlet that i had a, as i was a kid so that was the very very beginning
0: and you said that was 2011 2011, yes. So have you been consistently uploading videos since then? So that, I mean, it's been like seven years. It's been seven years. Mm So um, to condense my
2: story arc here from 2011 to 2014, and really the, the, core of my story is that I was very destined to be on the corporate America um, day job life. Mm -hmm. So between 2011 and 2014, I was aggressively pursuing my corporate career. Um, My YouTube uploads were just kind of sporadic here and there Mm -hmm. whenever I could fit it in. But I was really just, you know, getting to work early, leaving late. And uh, YouTube was kind of just a, a, a back burner thing in my mind. Um, then at the end of 2015, I started to feel um, not so passionate about my day job and really looking for some more creative outlets. My now husband, um, at, at the time we were, I think, engaged, we were like, hey, you know, you've had this YouTube thing you've been doing here and there. Like, maybe we really commit to it and really try um, giving it a real shot. Because um, at this point, YouTube was, you know, very much thriving and people mm-hmm. were treating it as as like a TV, a TV show. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what, for one year, all of 2015, we're uploading two videos a week, no matter what we had, like our wedding and our honeymoon and everything going on. But I was very committed. And I did two times a week for that entire year. And growth was pretty good. But I was still, um, you know, the views weren't where they were right now.
0: Do you remember where you were? So at 2015, when you said, Okay, I'm gonna really like give this a shot. Do you remember how many subscribers were you at? I think I was at low forties, low forties. So it had. And at that point, were you? You said you were uploading sporadically. Were you uploading like once a week, once a month, or what was sporadic for you?
2: Between 2011 and 2014, probably just a couple times a month, mm-hmm. anywhere okay. between uh, two to two to five times, depending on my schedule, mm-hmm. and then switching into two fifteen high gear, uh, two times a week, so eight videos a month for sure.
0: Nah, uh huh. And then where did you go that year? Like that one year you decided to do it, you know, twice a week. What kind of you said it was kind of okay, but what was your growth for that?
2: The growth I think it doubled from around like about twenty thousand to forty thousand at Mm -hmm. that point. So it definitely in terms of the growth stats, like it was, you know, amazing, doubled. But in terms of like revenue and understanding the true business side of it, I wasn't quite there yet.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So then, yeah. So then what happened after that point?
2: Um, so I put all my gusto in it and I had spent a lot of energy, but I wasn't figuring out, again, the true revenue business side of it. So in 2016, we had a major shift in our life. We ended up moving from Texas to California and everything also switched to my day job. So I had to, uh, kind of transition some of my roles. I had to work remote and also take my YouTube channel on the road to a new setup, to a new apartment, just a lot of personal changes. And unfortunately, my, my scheduling upload, um, Became sporadic again in 2016. Um, so the big switch, though, in 2016, was I figured out the true business revenue side of of my channel, which was um, diversifying my revenue streams, not just relying only on YouTube earnings, mm-hmm. but incorporating mm-hmm. things like affiliates and brand deals. And all of a sudden, I I kind of had that moment where I'm like, oh man, like this could be this this has potential mm-hmm. to to become something full time.
0: That's great. What 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 kind of give you that inspiration of like, huh? Like, there's more than just AdSense. What what caused that for you?
2: So I had a lot of blogger friends in Austin, and seeing how they structured their business and understanding affiliates and how you can make money off of transactions that are always happening in the background mm-hmm. just opened my eyes. And it just so happened that my topic was fashion and beauty, which was naturally one of the you know uh, larger affiliate based. Um, Uh, shopping behaviors right now so I was like oh man like why don't I just incorporate that into my channel I'm already buying all my clothes creating all these inspirational lookbooks. like it felt like a natural marriage between the two
0: yeah I mean especially with like fashion and yeah fashion and beauty it's like if you're not using affiliates you are totally missing out
2: girl you're missing out Mm -hmm. yes for sure Mm -hmm. so um oh sorry go ahead oh no
0: no 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 no. That, that was it
2: Got it. Okay. Uh, 2017 then, uh, is when the, the big shift, um, happened. My YouTube channel hit that 100,000 mark and something about that incremental growth between, uh, 50,000 to hundred thousand with the traffic that I was getting, the people that were watching my videos and also, um, you know, shopping through my affiliate based links was almost matching my corporate job. And that is when I decided to take the leap um, exactly one year ago. And I've been doing YouTube full-time for exactly one year now.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's really, it's so cool how it's kind of like it was like a mind shift. So did you, when you made that decision of like, hey, I really think there's something here uh, with YouTube, did you then start moving in a different direction meaning like did you approach your videos differently uh do you think that contrib- that mind shift kind of contributed to that kind of growth from 50 to hundred thousand, where you eventually were able to quit your job or were you were you were you already made that decision you're like you know what consciously you're like i'm gonna make this my job and i'm gonna do what i can like what what was going through your mind at that point
2: for sure i think i was a little bit more conservative about it i was very like cautiously optimistic you know i had been working at this for so many years and i always treated it as a hobby but i really wanted to wait for the revenue and the growth to really be materialized before i made that huge shift in terms of changing content i think when i first started my youtube channel i was very dedicated to beauty but the market was so saturated mm-hmm. i didn't have you know real life skills like I was never a makeup artist or went to cosmetology school. So over the years, I really shifted into fashion because one, I felt more comfortable. And two, I I think that there was a little bit of a, a bluer ocean there for me to play in. So naturally, as I progressed and I found affiliates, all of that merged together to, to me being a more fashion-based YouTuber, people trusting my opinion, me feeling confident about my content. And um, I think the best thing that I learned is that my audience was growing with me. I have a, a bunch of career women that are also in my age range looking for similar clothes than me. So I think literally this past year, I've really understood who my audience is now that I can, I can now tailor to exactly what they need.
0: I think that's one of the things that we really focus on a lot in the Beauty and the Vlog Bootcamp. I call it the avatar. And you just mentioned the audience. And I love that you brought that up because if you can really, really know your audience and you really know who you're creating content for, then it becomes so much easier To create that content. You know what they want. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what's going to get them excited instead of just trying to chase after the latest trends and, okay, I got this or I'm going to do, I got this for free. So then I'm going to do this video. Like if you are serving a very specific audience, then it's like every decision you make when it comes to your content has to do with that avatar. And I love that you brought that up. Yes. Oh,
2: you hit it right on the head. In the beginning, I think it was just the fascination of YouTube. It was such a new territory for everyone. I was just chasing the trends, trying to make content, finding who, you know, Hey, who's going to watch this, trying to find my audience after the fact versus prioritizing who my community is, who my audience is. Then I tailor my content to them versus, you know, vice versa. It is, it's such a, it's such a small concept, but it's, it's, it's the biggest part of success for your business.
0: I think that's huge. And for you, it took you some time, right? I mean, how how many years are you doing this? Granted, you were working, you're building up your career, you weren't dedicating the time, but how many years were you kind of like up, like you said, uploading just like just on a whim or not with that strategy in mind?
2: I would say the conscious effort started about two and a half years ago. Um, Beforehand, it was just like, hey, let's see what's trending or mm-hmm. like, what's this person doing? And maybe I can do that too. But you forget like the core purpose about YouTube is your voice. It is your voice. It is your story. And if you're trying to play the role of someone else, I mean, it's always going to come off, you know, mismatched. So I think back in 2015, that was like the first phase of like, hey, you know, be more consistent, have a more focused idea, which was just like, hey, do fashion stuff. And then 2016, you know, with my transition with corporate life and my audience kind of, you know, growing with me and everyone was like, hey, you know, I work too. I work full time too. I realized, oh man, like my audience is is late 20s, just like me. And then Mm -hmm. 2017 was like, oh my goodness, we have career women that are looking for reasonable fashion choices that won't break the bank. And I think honestly, early, I'm embarrassed to say, but early 2018 is when I really realized what my recipe is. And now I'm building my, my new foundation for the next few years of my YouTube career.
0: It's huge. I mean, it's, it is huge. And and the thing is, it's like, you know, with YouTube, it is, it's still in its infancy of, of being a, a, a viable career, right? Not viable, but being like a career because it's just brand new. This is uncharted territory for so many people. So many people got into it just like you did for fun and, you know, or thinking, oh, maybe I'll do something and then realize, wow, this can be a thing. And so it's more important now than ever that if you're going to get onto YouTube and you see it as a viable career to take the moment, to, to, to take the minute to, Come up with a strategy to come up with that niche, that uh, avatar. We, you know, in the bootcamp, we come up with our why, all that thing, so that you're not spending years uh, experimenting. You can actually go in there with a very strong purpose for your channel. Preach. Pre- exactly. So <laughs> I love that. Preach, <laughs> girl. I'm like, it took me a while. <laughs> yeah, but now you've got it. So, who would you say your your avatar is or your, your, your perfect audience member?
2: Uh, my perfect audience member is modern day working woman, um, probably anywhere between twenty five to thirty five. Um, someone who um, needs things that work well in her career life and also very versatile for her personal life. Someone who's not afraid to be herself. Um, someone who's confident and not afraid to tackle the things that she she desires in her life. Just a dynamic, authentic, down to earth woman who's hustling. Hustling, hustling.
0: So, it definitely sounds like you, you've audience. thought about it.
2: For sure, I I feel really good about that. I think if you asked me that question a couple years ago, I I couldn't even tell you. So the fact that I have such a strong answer, I you know, I feel I feel very blessed.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. So one of the questions that I always ask the guests that come on the show is was there some kind of tipping point when it came to your channel in the sense of like a viral video or maybe a collaboration that got your channel uh, on the map? I know you mentioned you jumped from like 50,000 to 100,000. Was there something in specific that you could point to?
2: Yeah, I have a couple. I have a couple of them. So one of the ones I'm kind of embarrassed about, but it definitely is one of my most viewed videos on my channel was one that I did in my dorm room. I showed how to... Style a skirt. I think like five different ways, and I remember being in class and seeing that it hit like three thousand views, and I was like, "Oh my god, people are watching this video!" Like, <laughs> I just I did it at like two AM last night. Like, it was a joke. Like, oh, wow. I can't believe it. Um, so that one has had like long term, uh, growth. I think that was the first thing to kind of get me to like the twenty to thirty thousand mark. Um, then the progression up to a hundred, uh, was my fashion lookbooks. Um, I started doing fashion lookbooks that had voiceover coupled with them. So instead of just, you know, I try to do really like edgy. Um, I was very inspired by like Evelina Berry, just like very edgy, uh cinematography and editing. But um, then I was like, hey, like. I have so much to say about these clothes. Like, why don't I just like get onto the microphone and like talk through my thought process when styling the clothes? Um, So those videos did super well. And I feel like it definitely helped kick up my growth up to a hundred thousand. And then the thing to kick me up over the 300,000 mark was my one month work outfits idea or video that I uploaded last year. Um, I think I got like, 75,000 new subscribers in a month. And that was just, I could like throw up thinking about it. It was like just so exciting. And uh, back to our point about like finding your audience and who's listening, like it, that was like the best material evidence I could ask for. These are working women that need things um, to wear in the office. And since I had been in corporate America for so long, I knew exactly what is appropriate for a working woman and, you know, a more conservative or desk drop environment. So what I thought to be a hindrance or like a detour in my career path to YouTube, I found that it was like my destiny, mm-hmm. you know, that's amazing. So, so that's I, here.
0: I saw that video Well, you did a follow up recently, I think, and then in that initial video. So that, Okay. So that video, both of them, I, I don't know if you've done more than two, but I, I saw two of them and they were so well done. I'm like, that's the kind of video that like a Glamour Magazine would put out. You know I mean? It's just the attention to detail, all the work with like the pin posts and the timestamps. I'm thinking you, did you do this all yourself? I mean, the first one, I don't know because it's it was there's so much to it, and I'm not surprised it did so well. I mean, you had 20 outfits; it's it just seemed like a lot of work. I want to know oh, that girl. process of you coming up with that idea thinking, okay, I'm actually going to do it. Did you get any help? Uh, I'm going to link the videos in the the show notes too. So you guys, uh, you guys can check it out. But it was a really, really well done video that I'd imagine took an incredible amount of work.
2: Oh, thank you. First of all, thank you so much. I'm like crying from all the compliments. Thank you so much. Um, I, I do consider that first one just like the best video. Like if, if that's the best you ever do, like, I I can go out on that. I feel really, really good. So, um, we could talk a little bit more about this too, but one of the main struggles that I've been, you know, dealing with is that perfectionism in one way. It is great because I, I just have this really high standard of quality for myself. Obviously it could be to a detriment. Sometimes there's so yeah. many things I don't upload because I have this unrealistic expectation for myself. And sometimes, you know, you can't just do it for it. You can't make a James Cameron video every single time. But that one, that idea was so sacred to me because at that point, this was early 2017. I was starting to, I just quit my job. I was going full gusto and I kept trying to one up each idea after I uploaded a video. And finally I realized people like work outfits. Oh my gosh. One thing I always struggled with and in, in when I was working was to be inspired every day. Like, you know, you just wear the same pencil skirt and top every day. Mm-hmm. Like what if someone just like created almost like a meal plan of outfits
1: mm-hmm. for your
2: everyday month? And I was like. Idea. And I was like, love, this idea is, is really great. I haven't seen anything like it. I want to go full gusto. That first one I did pretty much by myself. It took about five days to shoot because I just kept redoing different outfits and like all oh, that accessory didn't look good. Like, again, the perfectionism. It could have been a lot smoother, but I was very hard on myself. Um, shot that all in front of a white background. My husband was working at the time. So literally, I would just focus the camera on like a a microphone stand or like a chair, mm-hmm. and then I'll like swap it out and turn on the camera and just keep modeling all the outfits. At that point, then I used um, some editing software to help me splice it into you know uh, nice even uh, models of each look and idea. And then I used um, you know just some fancy titles and yeah. I uh, I think for me when I was when I quit my job, I really focused on audience experience. So I'm like if a girl's watching this in the morning, she's got like 10 minutes to get ready. A timestamp would be really helpful for her to like go back and reference a point in the video that she remembered. Like, I don't want her to have to like suffer through the whole video every single time she wants to remember an idea. And then from that video, I got a lot of feedback. Hey, you should take pictures of each one of these outfits. That way we can pin it to our pin boards after the fact, you know, and have that more on the go. Mm. So I think from my my audience feedback, and from what I like to see whenever I'm watching Hulu or Netflix, I kind of just pick up as many tips as possible to make the the viewing experience seamless and easy for my people. Because these are women on the go; they ain't got no time to waste.
0: <laughs> it's so great so you know your you know your avatar, you know who they are, you know what they wanted, and then you were you were really empathetic to their needs. You understood their needs, and uh, you created like stellar content not just the video but everything with it is i think that's amazing you said how long did it take you to do that video
2: uh that one took a, probably a solid 10 days mm-hmm. um i think just because again it could have probably been half the time if it wasn't so like uh nitpicky on mm-hmm. some of the outfits and some of the shoots but i think The shortest amount of time was the voiceover because I felt so convicted with the ideas. Once I came up with a video idea, I like to keep a sketchbook with me. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, what's a good idea? Okay, pencil skirt, blouse, cardigan combination. And so I have the main ideas. And then from there, I'll go to my closet and then start pulling looks you know, into those, those concepts. And then I'll go ahead and go shoot and refine from there.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask that too. So about the clothing, because I know I have a lot of fashion uh, YouTubers that listen to the podcast and I know fashion can be a little tough sometimes because it's just like, it's constantly rotating. It can get expensive. And so for, for this, this video, did you basically shop your closet or did you go out and find outfits specific for this video?
2: Definitely a mixture. I already had stuff from my um, corporate office closet that I taken with me to California. So it was a mixture of, you know, old favorites and then also finding new things because I do know that my audience shops through my channel. So if there's things that like, you know, I bought six years ago, they can't mimic the look. And I also like um, the secondary uh, process of, of my fashion videos is I think about the person that maybe can't afford this $100 pair of pants. So I will go and try to find different brands that are great quality um, and value and then do like a suggested link. Like if these Mm -hmm. pants are out of your price range, like check these out instead. So I try to do a mix of good investment pieces with value pieces and then do a mixture of old and new.
0: So with that video kind of blowing up, uh, did you, I'm assuming you use affiliate links for that. Did you see like a huge growth in in your income or in affiliate uh, sales?
2: Definitely, a big pop. Um, definitely a big pop within that month. and then, you know, gradually phasing out as the video started to settle down. But um sometimes it's kind of hard to tell with affiliates because if I reuse an item in several videos, like the the traffic and the clicks to that will just kind of keep continuing. Mm-hmm. And, actually it was because of that video, I realized I was like, Hey, you know, it would be best to structure my business model to reuse some of these versatile items. Like, especially if you're in the fashion industry, if you know that this one company always sells this pair of pants, mm-hmm. maybe that might be a better option for your audience, because at any point in time, when they discover your video, mm-hmm. they can probably get those pair of pants for themselves, like the exact same ones. Like, you know, if something incentivizes you to buy, you want that exact same item. And then, you know, also for the business side, it's lucrative because you always know that it's in stock. You -hmm. always know that there's different colors and variations. So you have longer, you have better longevity in your closet, in your revenue, and also with helping your audience whenever they find your channel.
0: Yeah. I always think about that with fashion because with beauty, I mean, there's some some products that are limited edition and, but for the most part, a lot of the products are, are there to stay. And so, you know, when you have a video over time, it'll just, it'll be there. It'll always be relevant. And, you'll get that affiliate, but with fashion, I mean, it is, it's so fast. It's, there's so, there's so many new SKUs and so many new styles that are coming out. That's a really good piece of advice. It's like, you know, stores like Gap and Anna Republic, even Lululemon. Lemon, I'm sure they keep like their, their same solid, you know, jeans and trousers or whatever. And, uh, to to include those and be like aware of that.
2: And, Right. And the regular person is not like a blogger influencer who's constantly shopping. Like, hey, you know, I just want a really good solid suit that's going to last me a few years. Here you go. Mm -hmm. You know, so.
0: Definitely. Yeah. All right. So the next question that I always ask is struggle. So what, what do you feel you've been struggling with, with your YouTube channel?
2: Oh, girl, the struggle. Um, I think, if I, can, if I can mention two big things, I'm sure everyone else can relate to, but the, the first original struggle was, of course, having a full-time job mm-hmm. and doing YouTube on the side. Mm-hmm. Like between graduating from college until, you know, 2016, when I started understanding that this could be a, a, a business for me, you know, I was really trying to succeed in the corporate life, but I was also moonlighting as a YouTuber and blogger in my free time. And it took a lot of sacrifice Um, you know, and especially to sacrifice so much without a guarantee that this is going to pay off and, you know, the views aren't there and the money's not coming in. Like, you know, when, when do I stop or when do I, you know, do I even give up on my dream? I always imagine myself as a powerful businesswoman in some capacity, but at the time I just, I didn't have the business savvy. So, um, I would say the first struggle was, was figuring out how long do I keep Doing how long do I keep doing this? Um, the sacrifice was was mental, physical. Like I would literally work all day. I'd come home, eat dinner, shoot at night, edit until like wee hours in the morning. And like all-nighters were like a weekly occurrence for me. Like weekends would be reserved for outdoor shooting. I would take naps in the bathroom. I would sneak nice. up to my car and take naps. During my lunch breaks, like, I sacrifice a lot um, without a promise of a payoff. So I really want to touch base on what you said earlier about being smart and having kind of a business plan. And now that we have so many resources, like, people like you who are guiding the industry, like, you know, I I would love to get some advice at the end. But there are smarter ways to do it without, with maintaining a healthy work-life balance if you want to dabble in both before you do the full leap. Yeah, Um,
0: yeah, no, keep going.
2: Mm-mm. Oh, so sorry. Uh, then the second struggle was quitting my job. You know, I I was I had this vision of you know uh, what is it the grass is always greener on the other side like yeah. everything's be so easy for me like my job my full time job and I really appreciate you mentioning it earlier too like it is not easy turning a hobby into a business. Um, some of the main struggles I felt was I didn't understand that I'm such an extrovert. And I had lots of stimulation with having coworkers and many different social groups and being moved to California working remote while also doing YouTube. I had just like some very dark times of feeling alone and you're just like working your ass off. And that was uh, the motivation was, um, was difficult. Also with the pressure. Now you have to earn every single dollar. You got to be hustling. You don't get that steady paycheck. You know, sometimes you could kind of check out at work. I feel like at a desk job, but you still have, you know, your health insurance, your, you know, all the fringe Mm -hmm. benefits. And then that's... paycheck, it was, it was almost, you know, a mind bend for me to transition. And then you also don't have a boss that's managing you, you become your own boss, you manage your own time, you don't have meetings that you're you're used to to kind of construct your week. And that transition, I think I, I like I'm just coming to, to uh, lots of learnings this year that I'm excited to tackle from, from what I learned last year through my transition.
0: So when you were, you know, you were working and, and, and that's just crazy. Your schedule, like, you know, all nighters, you said practically every day of the week was a, was an all nighter for you. And uh, yes. <laughs> that's, how long did you go with this kind of just go, go, go schedule?
2: Um, really solid for like a year and a half. Between that 2015 period, um, when I was committed to two videos a week and planning my wedding and our honeymoon, um, it was definitely like the the biggest taxing on my on my body and my mental health. And, and then in 2016, when we find, found out that we were going to move, like I was forced to stop, obviously. I had to transition my job and transition our life to a new place. So that kind of brought everything to a halt. So, and made me reanalyze like what I'm so, doing.
0: So what kept you going? Cuz a lot of people would have quit. You know, I mean, that's a lot to you know, two videos a week while working full-time, practically getting no sleep. It sounds like you sacrificed a lot of your your health and your physical self and everything. What what kept you going?
2: Um that's a great question. <laughs> I think honestly, as I progressed more in my corporate career, the more I didn't feel Fulfilled. Mm-hmm. It was almost like I thought that the more I would get in terms of like pay raises mm-hmm. and accolades at work, the more I would feel good and the more the YouTube dream would fade. But it almost became the exact opposite. The more that I got, the more I wasn't feeling fulfilled. So my immediate outlet was YouTube. I was like, oh well, I could talk about clothes and show off some new stuff I got, you know, when I get home from work. Like that blind drive was almost revealing my true destiny to myself, Mm -hmm. you know, unknowingly.
0: Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's fulfillment is so huge. Like there's, you know, people say it's like, you know, you know, you get making money is it's, it's all about making money and being super successful, having high levels of, of authority and power and uh, making money. But ultimately as human beings, It comes down to a personal fulfillment, and no amount of money and no amount of say responsibility or or title can fill that if you, in yourself at your core, are not fulfilled at what you're doing. And uh, it was just really that's interesting that that's that you knew that that you're like you know this is it like I got to make this work (laughs) because I'm not happy at my job basically.
2: Yes. Yes. And, you know, it was almost like, how did I neglect that little girl that loved fashion and beauty so much when she mm-hmm. was a kid? You know, it was mm-hmm. always in there. And the more that I try to be something that I wasn't, the more that it, the passion, it's like the pendulum swings, like even both ways, you know, the more that I kept being anti Erica, the mm-hmm. more the true Erica was trying to break through. And I, I i thank God for having this opportunity to have something like YouTube as an outlet. And then hell, it became a revenue making
0: venture. Yes. Living the dream, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it is. That's living the dream is being able to actually make a living doing what you love. Agreed. Yes. Yes. And so many people don't. And that's why it's, it is incredible to have an outlet like YouTube. And that's why, I mean, I have, you know, all all the people I'm working with in, in my camp, and everyone's, everyone's goal is I want to do this as a job. I want to do this full time. I don't want this just to be a hobby. I want to actually make a living. I want to quit my full-time job because this is what I'm passionate about. And it's, it does take a a certain level of just huge amount of commitment, like what you did and sacrifice in a way. Like you do have to sacrifice to an extent, you know, instead of, I'm sure, you know, binge watching TV shows or going, you know, having fun or going out, you decide I'm going to film. I've got to do this.
2: Yes. Oh, preach. That was like so many times where I had to like turn down friends or, you know, my worst nightmare was like, Hey, you want to just like sit by the pool and do this all day. And I'm like, ah, I got like two videos to edit. You know, it it takes sacrifice and just like this... Innate drive, you know, mm-hmm. it will reveal itself. Like that passion, once you find your lane, that drive is just is not going to die, you know. Mm. So it's it's just going to keep you going. And I'm really glad that um, the preparation with the sacrifice and hard work all matched up to, you know, a, a good point in my career where I was I was able to to leave last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. Did you feel though that you almost financially you, did you have to keep on working because having this is one thing that i, I hear a lot of times too with fashion is that it's uh it's an expensive niche because you're constantly having you know to be up on the trends and to be up on what's new it, it's it's a hard niche i think to get started and, and do full time because you're having to constantly reinvest into that channel into the the products that you talk about Green.
2: Yes, um, I think that's why I waited so long. Especially mm-hmm. when I realized that fashion is so expensive. Like uh, originally, I was I was very eager to be like, hey, like if I can make you know forty percent of my income, like can I do it? And I was like, no, like I need to make sure that it's equal. And to mm-hmm. anyone else out there that's considering mm-hmm. this, you know, you do have to remember things like your four hundred and one k, your health benefits you know, all the extra things that you get that isn't, doesn't feel immediately quantifiable in terms of cash, but those are the things you have to let go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, if I could redo it again, or if I had any resources, I might've, you know, done it a little bit, you know, slower, easier, but I think ultimately I, I truly waited to have enough revenue, uh, streams coming in to at least equivalent, you know, or be equivalent to my corporate job before I said, um, you know, put in my, actually put in my like three or four months. I even, I was very transparent with my boss and I said like, Hey, I think I'm going to finally take the leap. The growth is there. And you know, I feel I have a safe place to land. Um, and I, I had asked for more than two weeks and, you know, fortunately my, my previous employer was, you know, so understanding and supportive. So I had that three month buffer room on top of when I made my
0: decision. Oh, wow. That was nice. So did they know that you had a YouTube channel?
2: Yeah, um they're they knew I kept mm-hmm. it on the DL. I try to keep it on the DL as much as possible. Um I was obviously moonlighting both ways, but I was very cautiously optimistic. So it was never like the end goal. It was just like, oh, hopefully one mm. day, maybe. And uh, whenever it happened, I think that I think that everyone kind of knew, and everyone was was so incredibly supportive and kind of just like let the bird fly away from the nest. So um I'm here. <laughs> and actually I hired my first I hired my first
0: employee oh, nice. um, like a month
2: ago. So- yeah. So now I have an assistant and um, I'm ready to to start fresh. Yeah.
0: So out of curiosity, what does your assistant do?
2: Um, she does a mixture of things. She um, admin, mm-hmm. uh, prioritizing tasks, um, helping with uh, contract management too, um, with all of our brand deals. And then uh, she actually has an intense passion for editing. So mm-hmm. one of the things that almost like nearly killed me last year, uh, sitting on the couch for like 15 hours editing at a time. Mm -hmm. Um, she's helping me with my editing. So now I can kind of have a fresher mind on creating content and being in front of the camera and speaking to the audience versus being a hermit inside. That's like the
0: one thing that I tell, you know, people that are kind of like your size, larger or, or business owners, uh, you know, not people that are doing it as a hobby because it's hard to justify the expense. But if you're going to outsource anything, unless like, it's like truly your art form, right? Like that's what you love. But if you're going to outsource anything, I say outsource the editing. I mean, that is so much time to spend. And it's like, oh, you could, you know, you could be doing something else.
2: Dude, that is I, and I had no idea. I think because I was editing my work for so long, mm-hmm. and then I see these like huge, huge YouTubers. I'm like, there's no way. There's physically no way they can be editing all the time. It's no, almost like not. you realize they're you're not. There's no way. Um, and. Yeah, once I outsourced the editing, it was like, oh, here's my head again. I can think rationally. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and there should be no stigma to it either because, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, a YouTube channel is and videos are a lot of work. Before YouTube, I'd be – uh companies would have crews of people doing every little component of it. I mean you're talking about from the editing to the lighting to the filming to the talent and as a YouTuber you're doing everything. So as as you grow and you become a business, it's hard to maintain that editing. So I know a lot of YouTubers do. Some do and don't talk about it like they don't want people to know which I find I don't know. I'd say be be open about it. There, it's not a big deal, right? To say that that you're hiring someone to be an editor, you've got a million something subscribers, you've got a lot going on. It's not a big deal. Some people are transparent about it. Some people aren't, you know. But it's 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 more and more. I think people are gonna as they grow and and get big, busier and busier and bigger. Are people are gonna start see it as an option? They're gonna start outsourcing their editing.
2: Erica, that is so true. It is very stigmatized, and mm-hmm. I I mean I. I was in that boat, you know, I was like, oh man, well, you're a creator. Like you're supposed to be doing this, you know, soup to nuts from, you know, idea conception to uploading the video. And when you become, when you're treating this like a real business, you realize that your time is worth the most. Mm -hmm. And editing is one thing that takes so much time and effort. And in order to scale, it's it, and when I think about it, like, it's physically impossible. Mm-hmm. And also, too, if anyone, if I had to speak to my audience all in one room, I, I mean, I, I would be completely transparent. Editing nonstop was hindering me from being a conscious, healthy human being and mm-hmm. creating more content. And at the point where I'm not uploading videos because I can't keep up with the editing, mm-hmm. then that is a bottleneck that needs to be corrected. And mm-hmm. you know, outsourcing is one of the biggest things that I'm just learning right now. Like, mm-hmm. if it's gonna take you know, I think there's also a perfectionism to it, right? Like I didn't want to let go of every single piece of my baby. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, it has to be this way. And you almost have to be like, you know what? You're better. You're better at this. This is your core competency. I'm going to let you do your thing. I'm going to focus on my thing. And we're all going to grow together as a business. And we're providing more content to our audience. It's a plus for everyone. It shouldn't
0: be sticking no it shouldn't it, it It is a plus for everybody and like you said it, at some point it, it does hinder your growth because you have to understand your time is valuable and if you're really really going to see this as a business like any business owner they look and see what can they do what what are they good at and where can they outsource so they can best utilize their own talents and their time it's just good business sense and uh no it's it's great and i'm glad that you were transparent and 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 talked about that here um all right, so now we're going into the best tip section, and the this is just kind of like best tips, right? Just the best tips that come to mind your mind. So first is what is your best tip for starting a channel?
2: Uh, okay. um starting a channel, so obviously, I think everyone says authenticity, of course, having a passion for mm-hmm. it. I think my First tip would be a little bit more conservative since I just gave this horrendous story of like, oh my gosh, I was sleeping on a toilet at work. Um, <laughs> if you want to start.
0: <laughs> Were you really sleeping on a toilet at work? Did that really happen? <laughs> I- Girl.
2: Where are you else to go to sleep? Right. I mean, if I couldn't sneak out to my car, I would just, I know, everyone at my work, everyone at my prison floor like, oh my God. Um, no, but it was, you know, it was it was a sacrifice. And I don't think the struggle needs to be that hard. So if you want to start a channel today, and especially to the career women or people who have so much stuff going on, I would say there are so many ways and resources and tools, you know, people like you, Erica, that can you can start without risking it all. You Mm -hmm. can start small, a YouTube video, even when I think about what I do today and how I started, you know, of course you can have some basic equipment just to get yourself into it. But, you know, you can also start an Instagram account and just get yourself, you know, familiarized with being on camera through Instagram stories. Like you can kind of start getting your feet a little bit wet before falling, going full gusto and investing. Cause it is very costly to get into YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know, full time immediately. So, um, use things like, uh, Use tools like Hootsuite and Tailwind, things that can help automate and you can do all of your content at once and, you know, kind of splice it out during the week while you're at work. Start with, again, start with Instagram, have a consistent following there, use Instagram stories. Those would be first things that if I could do it over again, I would have liked to have uh, dabbled in just a little bit before I went into full YouTube. And then once you feel really good about having your on-camera presence, being familiarized with social media, then I would say, you know, hey, use sources like you, Erica, you have like a great startup kit in terms of technology and resources, and then start doing, you know, one video a week and amping your uh, content from there.
0: So you you, yeah, you would have gone and actually started with Instagram first?
2: Um, I guess I'm using Instagram as as a... As something in between here and like YouTube mm-hmm. as, as an example mm-hmm. um, for people who are, I'm sorry, I'm thinking of someone who's just like, has got that full-time job and doesn't want to have to go through like mm-hmm. the struggle and the hustle. Like, I feel like Instagram stories is like a great way to kind of just establish your on-camera presence, you know, having live totally. sessions, something that's sound like full commitment, right? Because I'm thinking about, like we just talked about the editing and I'm like, oh man, like that is, I don't want people to be scared from everything we talked about, but that's something where you can get on camera presence. You have, you're building an audience. Um, You're just getting used to the whole being present and sharing your life online first as, you know, wetting your palate. And then, you know, and Hey, you can just skip this, you know, skip this tip of course, and go straight into YouTube. But I think that that's, that's a nice in-between tip before you go in full in, Because once you get into YouTube, then it's editing and sound mixing and music. And there's so much to it that I feel could be overwhelming.
0: Yeah, I know what you're saying. So I, I think, you know, one of the things that I recommend that people do, uh, especially, and I do recommend this also more for business owners, business owners, bloggers, people, uh, and, and like, like, even like you suggested, like people that are working full time that don't necessarily have like the time right now, and they're not even sure if they want to do YouTube. Uh, I always say, take advantage of live, like whatever live platform. And I think that's what that sound like that's what you were getting at is that you know with instagram like go on live on instagram get your feet wet figure out your on-camera presence same thing like you could do the same thing in facebook you can even do the same thing in youtube actually youtube has live we do we spend an entire week in the boot camp uh doing live on you on youtube and it's actually really cool because um some people realize you know what this might be an actual like way for me to create content, like on a consistent basis, because you don't have to worry about editing. You literally just hop in front of the camera and you could just, you know, you could just have fun with it and come up with something specific to say. And there's not, there's like, it's like, it's like a a 12th of the amount of work than actually doing a whole video. So I think that's really good advice for people that are just thinking about it. It's like, okay, just play around with some of the other platforms that have these live, live components to it.
2: Yes. And like, if you want to start doing the channel, like, you know, commit yourself to one video a week and, you know, kind of time block the week. Like one day you'll commit to shooting the video, get your rest the next day, you know, you'll start chopping it up, doing rough cuts. And mm-hmm. then you can kind of splice out the work evenly throughout the week. And then, Hey, your upload, your big upload day is Sunday, if you make it smaller digestible packets um, of work, you can still have a consistent YouTube presence without, you know, going full gusto. And then once you get a better sense of, you know, obviously your learning curve gets better, um, then you can start up into two videos a week.
0: I yeah. love that. And it, cause you're right. YouTube is so overwhelming. And if you, you just have one very specific goal, like each day, it just makes it so much easier to kind of get through and, and tackle this like huge, massive thing. But if you break it down and like you said, have like this and it like you know one thing you're doing every day or you chunk it down, it just becomes more manageable. So I love that. That's great. Uh, okay, what is your best tip for what not to do?
2: What not to do? Um, I would say, don't jump in until you have a place to land. Um I think that with uh, the allure of the YouTube life, you know, it is like so glamorous and amazing. Um, but of course, I would say, be smart. Um, I, I of course wanted to quit a lot, a lot sooner than I did, but I'm really glad that I didn't because, you know, it's all about diversifying your revenue streams, you know, not putting all your eggs in one basket, having a backup Mm -hmm. plan for yourself and having a solid business plan on how you're going to tackle. So things like testing the waters and figuring out your voice and like, those are things that you don't want to figure out when you have no paycheck. Mm -hmm. So I think my First tip is like be smart. You know you can use all of these amazing success stories, and uh, you know I'm sorry Erica, but you're like the glue. Like you're bringing everyone's lessons and best practices together so that everyone can make a better informed decision for themselves. So I would say uh, don't be something you're not. Mm-hmm. Be authentic. You find your voice. Find your people. Get really good with the tools. And then the second thing is be smart with the finances. You know mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities now that companies are looking and, and, you know, it's not just YouTube AdSense, it's brand deals, it's affiliates, it's, Mm -hmm. there's so many ways to make money. So kind of get all those balls rolling before, you know, you jump full into YouTube. That way, you know, you have a little bit of breathing room, you have a safer place to land, and you can make better decisions for yourself, you'll build your confidence incrementally. And, you know, you'll just have You'll just have a better start to the YouTube career rather than struggling while you're going, learning along.
0: That's so true because it's like if you quit your job a little prematurely, right? You're not necessarily there yet every decision you make will now be based upon, ooh, how am I going to make an income? Ooh, how am I going to make an income? Versus really allowing yourself to embrace the creative process, make mistakes, and not be so focused on the money, but really focused on serving your audience. Uh, then that that's, I mean, that's just, that's good advice. I, I always say that too. Like, make sure you have something going on uh, before you really quit YouTube. Like, make sure you're, you're really able to support yourself to the point where like you said Erica there you have some breathing room you're not desperate for every you know you know in case a video gets demonetized or in case what brand deal falls through that your whole life is it you had know, shambles so exactly
2: and i i want to make it very clear it's not about the money it mm-hmm. never is. it should never be all about the money it is just about like hey uh having at least a financial plan will alleviate the stress in order for you to actually create good content and mm-hmm. and it goes hand in hand, you know, if you're stressing out about putting food on the table, you're not going to be, you know, able to to, to make self. the best content. Yeah. Yeah, and to find yeah. your to find just to, to discover yourself, you know, as you're struggling, like it won't be a great experience for you. So, leverage all your tools, get the plan together, find your true voice and go at it with, you know, all the
0: gusto in the world. Love that. And so what would you say your breakdown is in regards to, say, per- percentage-wise? So what percentage of your income is from affiliates versus AdSense versus, say, sponsored post?
2: I would say about, it's, my mix is changing a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the good thing about having a little bit of a you know um the growth spurt uh definitely opened my eyes to brand deals mm-hmm. um you know companies I love I love all of your content about the um micro influencer too mm-hmm. cuz I'm glad that everyone's getting the deals now it's important but um right now I say about 75% affiliate um and that's oh, everywhere not just wow. YouTube channel also my blog yes it's it's pretty high i think it's going to reduce um now that I getting more brand deals, and mix, but, and then I would say about 10, 10%, AdSense and 20%. Did I say 75%? No, yeah. oh, i sorry. Girl. <laughs> wow. I've an trying to and I can't count to a hundred. <laughs> okay. <Almost> 70%. <laughs> Man, oh, I need to go back to school. Okay. 70% affiliate, 20% brand deals and 10%
0: AdSense. So, <laughs> did that equal hundred? Yeah, that's good. You got it. You aced the test. So, um, you know, with this whole apocalypse, and it doesn't really affect you so much too.
2: Oh, breath of fresh air. I think that's why I feel very confident about giving the tip about diversifying Mm -hmm. your revenue. I didn't really feel the pangs of that. Also my audience, I'd already established that honest, like, um, relationship. So regardless of the apocalypse, people were still buying, people were still watching Mm -hmm. and I didn't really feel the, the heat of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really important. It's As an influencer, it's so important to diversify your income streams just because you can't be relying on one particular, you know, one particular stream because it could change on you. You don't have control over it. All right. So we've got the beauty bonus round. And this is the last last part of the interview. And I know you don't really do beauty. Uh, I usually ask your three Holy Grail beauty items. Do you want to talk about beauty or do you want to talk about your three Holy Grail, say fashion choices or fashion items? Oh, um, you pick I Uh, do either. Uh, well, since you're fashion, let's have you do fashion. Okay.
2: Uh, fashion. Let's see here. Um, what can I not live without? I can't live without a black blazer. I want to be almost buried in a black blazer, uh, just a really sleek one. It can be affordable from H&M, or it could be like a nice $500 rag and bone one. Either way, I think a, a blazer is like businesswoman entrepreneur, mm-hmm. but also looks good with casual jeans. Love those. Um, my second thing would be my rag and bone jeans. Um, definitely a pricey pair, but it's literally my most worn pair of jeans. I think cost per use, like it is... It pays for itself. So, uh, some good designer denim, and then the last would be my Sam Edelman Hazel Pointy Toed Pumps in Caramel leather. Oh. Those would be my three.
0: <laughs> That's very specific. I love that.
2: <laughs> I need to check out one hundred and nineteen dollars ninety five cents.
0: <laughs> oh my god! I need to check Sorry. those out. You said the Sam Edelman and Hazel
2: pumps. Sam Edelman Hazel Pointy Toed Pumps. They come in lots of
0: different colors, mm. but try to find a nude
2: a nude color in your skin tone for the optimal leg lengthening effect
0: yes I love a good nude shoe to make your legs look longer the best yes ma'am what do you use to edit your camera sound and lighting um
2: yes so I've I've definitely done I've definitely upgraded over time right now. I use, I'd use two different cameras. I use a 5d and a 6d. Um, sometimes I'll have them both going as I'm shooting myself while I'm modeling one that's full body and one that's like more closer zoomed in half torsos. That's why I use two at the same time. I use Final Cut Pro, um, 10 and I, I, I don't think I'll ever switch from editing software. And then I use um savage paper for my backgrounds, mm. my backdrops, just plain white paper, and then I use like a diva light for for lighting. Those are like the main things I use every single time. Mm.
0: perfect. um what who would be your dream collaboration? um Jen Jen
2: M from Close Encounters. Mm. okay. I think she, um, are you talking about, sorry, collaboration with another YouTuber?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yes. Uh, yeah, I've, I've watched her for many, many years and I think she's just absolutely perfect. Turns terms of like talent and, um, just sweetness, good person style. Like I think she's, she's top notch.
0: What is the smartest decision you made in your YouTube career? Smartest decision? Um,
2: a tie between incorporating affiliates because without affiliates, I would not have been able to quit my job. Mm -hmm. Um, and the second is hiring an assistant. Mm -hmm. That was a big expense to consider, but, uh, in terms of us planning the next future of my business would not have even happened if I didn't have a partner or a second person to assist me.
0: Yeah. That's, that's how long ago did you hire the assistant you said?
2: i uh, like a month ago.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, so it was still really recent. So, yeah. what do you have anything you could talk about that you have planned that, you know, now that you have someone editing, now that you have someone kind of taking off a little bit of the load that you're able to do now?
2: Um so just getting back to a consistent schedule is really key. Um just things like managing all of our brand deals, um and also the editing part was huge. Now that I'm having assistance with editing, I could get back into like the content creation, um, mindset and think of new series. I also want to do things like a newsletter, you know, for, I keep thinking about the woman that is just too busy to watch all my videos, like something like a newsletter, um, where, Hey, if you can't catch up with me, like here's, I did all the shopping. Here's like great things under $50. Here's -hmm. my top three videos here's some life advice um, that has always been on the back of my mind. I also want to take some of um, my bigger video ideas and make almost like a digital magazine for people. I just, I always going back to like my childhood passion of mm-hmm. editorial uh, magazine Um Creation. um, That's that's one thing that I have. And, you know, my future eyesight. And then the other thing is maybe even potentially a podcast. That's why Mm -hmm. I I'm so grateful to be able to have this experience um, on such a huge podcast like yours, because um, I really love talking to people. And I feel like it's a a nice extension um, of yourself. Um, outside of the YouTube space where you can have honest uh, down to earth conversations with, with different people in the world.
0: Yeah, it's really great. And I find that it's interesting. That a lot of things you're talking about are actually like beyond YouTube. And I think that's such a good point because it's like, I see YouTube, especially for a lot of people in it, is it's a vehicle, right? It's, it's kind of like a means, it's, it's a means to an end. It's not necessarily the end. A lot of people, as they grow on YouTube, they're able to grow this huge platform, right? They have this huge audience, but it brings you so many other opportunities. And there are YouTubers out there that are creating digital magazines. They're creating uh, so many YouTubers are coming into the podcast world. I mean, so many. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's, it's really cool that, that you're thinking that and, uh, and then you're moving in that direction.
2: Yeah, YouTube's never the end game. I mm-hmm. think that's one thing you do learn when you get when you get full blown into YouTube is like, oh man, like this is just building the community, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that everyone has their own unique story. And I don't know what my again, I I still don't know what my end thing is going to be, but I have a gut feeling that, you know, my my journey through corporate America and and being there in the trenches, straddling both worlds, like that's going to collide together with my passion and, you know, my personality into something in the future. I don't know what it is, but right now I've got my head, I got my head in the computer. Mm -hmm. And just the whole point is building a community and getting good content out there. And that, that light bulb is going to come on in the future. I just know it.
0: Totally, totally. What is your favorite video or the one that you're most proud of?
2: Definitely the one month of work outfit ideas.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
2: that was like the pinnacle of, of what I love and what I'm proud of. And just so confident with everything I said in that video and the fact that it provided help to so many people. Like I could just be in tears all day. Just how grateful it was that I can share that with people.
0: Yeah. It sounds and like people it, find that- yeah. It really resonated with, like you said, though, it really resonated with your right audience. Like you found that core audience.
2: Yes. And also validation. Like, I'm sorry. Like when you're in the fashion or beauty, sometimes there's just, you get insecure, you know, is my style good? Are my techniques good? And I think for me, that was just like the universe being like, yes, girl, you on the right track. You know, it was, it was so great me giving and, and, and receiving all that love. I'm so appreciative. (laughs)
0: See, that validation is, is huge. And that's the one thing I was thinking when you were talking about how you went through that whole year of just, just churning it out and just super sacrificing everything. Uh, you, it, you had to have had some, some wins. Otherwise it is difficult to, to keep on that schedule if you're not getting any results.
2: Yes, I definitely, um, I didn't have like too many trolls or anything. Like the the audience that was watching was incredibly supportive. And, you know, I think at that time, I, when you don't have too big of an audience, it's almost like it's a little bit more freeing. Like you don't have, yeah, again, you don't have like trolls or, or people throwing hate at you. It's really just, I love these clothes and I can't wait to share it. And so also too, I had my nine to five job. By the end of the day, I was just thirsty for creative expression. So the creative expression coupled with having just the sweetest, amazing um, subscribers and community together really catapulted me, you know, and also want to get out of my day job.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, that's, a, that's a huge motivator, right? <laughs> Quitting that day for job. Sure, for sure. Uh, yes. What is your favorite opportunity you got as a result of being on YouTube?
2: Working with Nordstrom. Um, I have like so many. Yes. Oh, man. I was like when I, I did really well during the Nordstrom anniversary sale two years ago, affiliate wise. And I had been covering the Nordstrom anniversary sale for actually like many years. I think I was one of the only people covering it like as a haul event on YouTube. Uh, that's a strong word to say, but I definitely was doing it for a while before. You know, it's it's very, very saturated now. Mm-hmm. And then when I was, I was reached out, you know, through my affiliate company from Nordstrom, to say like, Hey, like we want to work with you on a monthly basis. It was like, you know, crumple on the ground. Like, thank you, Jesus. Like I have been shopping at Nordstrom since I was a little girl. My mother used to always take me there. We Mm -hmm. always used to have lunch there. Like I had so much sentimental, like memories built in. And it's one of my favorite places to shop, like to be able for them to even notice me was like, Oh, a very big achievement. I I, t- I hold near and dear to my heart.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I hold a lot of memories of Nordstrom's. It was actually my first job that I ever had in high school. As I worked in Nordstrom's in the brass plum department, oh. selling clothes. So I, I yes. always have a fond place Nordstrom's in my heart. <laughs> yes. that um, means- I, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. So how exactly did Nordstroms work? So they work with you monthly. So was it like a monthly, you're supposed to do a couple of videos a month for them? Did they send you a free product or are you able to speak on how that arrangement worked?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into great detail, but I I would love to actually talk to other fashion YouTubers too, but I buy all of my clothes. Um, Even my, my stuff with Nordstrom, that's all purchased with my own funds. Like it's really up to me to... Buy the right things that resonate with my audience and are useful because obviously I need to recoup the cost and I'm, I want to deliver the best content to my viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of the affiliate based brand deals, uh, I would say probably 100% of everything I work with with the company is through my affiliate company. So um, it just depends on seasonality, current budgets, um, how many other influencers might be in a certain campaign. Um, so I'm actually not privy to a lot of that information. I just end up with the, hey, um, you know, do you have room to do um, you know, this video um, or this social media share uh, during this time frame um, for X amount? So I guess it's pretty traditional, but mm-hmm. just – Runs through my affiliate company as like the main point of contact.
0: Gotcha. And what's the affiliate company yep. that you work with?
2: Um, Reward Style. I think that's oh, okay. the main one. Yeah,
0: yeah. A lot Reward of people, Style. Yeah. A lot of people do that. I I, I use Reward Style too. Uh, yeah. Versus
2: mm-hmm. Shop Shop Style. I think is the other big one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. What is your superpower? Meaning, what is something that come naturally to you that you're born with that you feel has contributed to your success?
2: I think, I think my personality, and I'm not saying that as like a ego thing, but one thing that I, I am really committing myself to in this new version of my channel was, um, I'm always kind of like a very professional polished version of myself on my channel. Mm. And everyone close to me has always told me like, Hey, you should just go full out and just be yourself um, on your channel. Because I think that is my one unique thing and my valuable, my valuable skill that coupled with my professional experience and just to give hope to anyone else out there that's also in the corporate world, there are so many skills I learned in corporate America Mm -hmm. that has helped me so much on the channel. And I feel like it helps differentiate me, like even simple things like learning how to construct an email, you know, make a presentation, um, marketing yourself, branding yourself, all of those things I had no idea was going to help me in this business right now. So, me just being like a total wild child goofball, in addition to all these skills that I'm bringing over from my professional life together, I think is my secret sauce. And I'm, I'm going to try to not stifle it and just let it thrive. You know, I think mm-hmm. I'm so scared of judgment sometimes that I'm hindering my superpower instead of just letting it, you know. Letting it thrive.
0: Yeah, let it be. I think that's a, a really interesting point and one that I believe in too uh, because, you know, I've worked in the corporate world for years and – you do you learn a lot I mean you learn a lot by being there and I think you know there's a lot of YouTubers that think okay you know you're such a young ones be like I just want to do YouTube as a career and I'll do it right out of high school and you know that works it works but but the thing is so YouTube is very much a business and there's a lot that you need to know in order to succeed in order not to kind of be swallowed up by it and it's not just about being you know a person in front of a camera there's a lot more to it and so you know if you are you know in school stay in school, graduate. And you know, if you do have a job, don't think it's, it's being wasteful or whatever. You just want to do YouTube. You're, you're learning skills that that you can apply. And I totally believe that. Oh, yes.
2: Always be learning. Mm-hmm. Don't, it's not a detour. It's, it's, it's all helping to the, to the end goal.
0: Totally, yes. Totally. Right there with you. one other question actually that I had earlier that I forgot that I wanted to ask you was that, because this is something that I know comes up a lot. I know it comes up in uh, the people that I work with and in the boot camp. but you know, you did mention that one of the things that, that kind of is a challenge for you that stops you sometimes is the whole idea of perfectionism. So how do you get over that? Like, how do you over get, how do you, it's in a way, how do you get over yourself when it comes to that?
2: It's so crippling. I would have to say it's like one of like, you know, and just, I'm, I'm going full transparency here. I think it's one of like the crippling things of, of this journey is, you know, you digest so much media and you're watching so many videos and it almost ups the hyper-perfectionism. It's like, oh my gosh, my video has to be better than this. Has to be mm-hmm. better. It has to be better than my last videos. And it has to be better than everything else out there. I want to create the best product, da 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 So one thing I did was actually, I worked with a life coach for a little bit last year to help with it. And he came up with this really great simple line that I try to use as like my mantra, which is, um, less perfection, more production to get myself out of the head of, you know, Hey, this needs to be perfect. And I shouldn't upload it. Um, the whole point of my channel is to share content is to share my life is to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And if I am just literally agonizing over a project for weeks at a time, it's never going to go up there and I'm not even doing my core purpose. Mm So that's the first thing I think then the second thing, which is why I suggest having a confidant or a partner or an assistant, you know, obviously just even a best friend is to say like, hey, I am so just too into this project emotionally. And especially when you're doing everything from conceptualization to final upload, you are, you are literally in a project and you can't, it's like your baby. You can't let it go. Mm-hmm. Having someone else watch it with fresh eyes and say like, you know, hey, babe, um, that was all great. But I don't think you needed to add this, this and this. Everything looks perfect how it is. You know, there's no need to to keep uh, fixing something because it looks perfect as it is. So having fresh eyes and remembering what the true meaning is and just having gratitude and joy and just and just having that like, you're doing good, girl, yeah. and just let it go. And, and honestly, like, how can you ever grow if you don't ever put something out there and then mm-hmm. enhance on it?
0: Yeah. yeah, and that, and that's what I, I that's what I always tell uh, people too, that I work with a couple of things. It's exactly what you said. Like, what is your purpose? Like, what is your why? Your why is bigger than your perfectionism. It's bigger than your insecurities. And you need to get out of your own way because imagine if some of the biggest YouTubers, right? Imagine if Candy Johnson years ago was like, you know, I'm just such a perfectionist that I just never, I can't let out a video. I just can't release it. Or, you know, I can't stick to it because, uh, you know, it's just, it has to be perfect. Well, then there, in a way, they're, uh, they're hiding their, their purpose from the world, right? They're not allowing the world to see their purpose and they're allowing themselves and their insecurities and not their insecurities, their perfectionism get in get in the way. And so I think that's, that's so true So remember your purpose and, and remember your why. So I, I love that. I love that advice. And it's just been such a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you and where can everybody find you and your content if they don't know about you already?
2: Uh, thank you so much for the opportunity, Erica. It has been equally just amazing. If you guys want to hit me up outside of YouTube, all my social media is at Miss, M-I-S-S-E-J-Louie, which is L-O-U-I-E. So M-I-S-S-E-J-L-O-U-I-E.
0: Awesome. And then I will have all of Erica's links in the show notes as well. All right, Erica, thank you so much. Thank you, Erica. Have a wonderful day. Appreciate Bye. it. Well, there you go. That is our interview with Erica Louie. And if you enjoy this, please give the podcast a review. It helps so, so much. And if you're thinking about possibly enrolling in the upcoming Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp, then I encourage you to get your name on the waitlist for extra goodies and bonuses and to have the first opportunity to enroll before it is open to the public. So head on over to ericaviera.net forward slash bootcamp. That's spelled Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A-V-I-E-I-R-A dot net forward slash bootcamp. And I will see you next week. Mwah.
1: Without hesitation, I signed up for Erica's bootcamp this year and it just wrapped up recently and it seriously changed my life because of this bootcamp I was able to capitalize on a current trend and gain over 10,000 views on one of my videos before this bootcamp I was lucky if I could get a hundred views bootcamp is for you if you like I was are putting a lot of time and effort into your channel without seeing tangible results. I even hit my goal of 5000 subscribers during the bootcamp, growing almost 2000 subscribers in just 90 days. You know, during the bootcamp, I had some breakthroughs and gained, I don't know how many subscribers in 1 month, I think 10000 from the bootcamp. During the time of the bootcamp, one of my videos even hit 70000 views and I surpassed 1000 subscribers. I have the cat created relationships where I will be friends with people for life. My channel is at 18,400 subscribers now. I have increased my watch time by about 30 or 40 seconds, which is awesome. I feel kind of like an SEO genius now and I feel like my videos have a better quality to them overall. I feel like taking this bootcamp helped me to really niche down and find that one area that I was super passionate about making videos about. I started this bootcamp with only 9,000 138 subscribers now I have 11,375 subscribers and it's just growing each and every day thanks to Erica even after the first week I knew that the bootcamp was one of the do you know what the best decision i had ever made for myself let alone just my YouTube channel
0: do you work really hard on your YouTube channel listen to all the marketing experts and do all the hacks tricks and strategies but are just not seeing the results that you want Or are you lost as to where to start? Does the platform seem overwhelming with a lot to learn? And are you yearning for a community of people who understand your vision of being a YouTube influencer? Hi, I'm Erica Vieira. And if you answered yes to any of those questions, I want you to seriously consider the Zero to Influence YouTube Bootcamp. You will be joining the hundreds of bootcampers who have discovered their unique niche and have clarity with their purpose on YouTube. This isn't just another course about YouTube. This is an experience and an opportunity for you to really discover your unique purpose and niche on YouTube, which will translate into views, subscribers, and most importantly, influence and impact. Let me change your life, or at least let me change your YouTube channel for the better. Go to ericavira.net/bootcamp to add your name to the waitlist so you are first to be notified when I open enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Ericavira.net forward slash bootcamp.